Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have our finals matchup. And how fun is it going to be, right? How exciting has this ride been? Nothing short of phenomenal. Absolutely fantastic. And we got a billion things to talk about. So, yes, I am Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. And we're getting to a lot of NBA here early because, I mean, think about this path that we've been on. Now that the Bucks have advanced to the NBA Finals, you know your matchup. Think about how crazy these playoffs were. You had a Lakers team that got beat by the Warriors or beat the Warriors in a play-in game. The Warriors lost in a play-in game. You had all these injuries all over the place, just like nothing but chaos. Nothing but chaos. It's been incredibly fun, and now you get a finals matchup that if you can't get behind this, I just don't think you like the NBA. And and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it because, again, there's just so many things to get to with it. But first, let me tell you, Then we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. So we get a playoff series here, which, you know, unfortunately goes the way that it does. Because when you see the the final game tonight, game six of the series, and I'm sitting here right now, I can see the Bucs and they're holding the trophy, right? Chris Middleton's got it in his hands. He's holding it up. Other players are coming in. And, you know, they got the shirts on. They got the shirts on saying they're going to the finals, but Giannis is in street clothes. You know, it's unfortunate to see that. Trey Young played in the game, but he wasn't fully healthy. Looked relatively good, all things considered. I mean, he he was able to attack the basket here and there. He hit some shots, but just not the same guy. And the Atlanta Hawks come up short in six, but they did win a couple of games. I mean, we're talking about an Atlanta Hawks team that did you expect the Atlanta Hawks to be in the conference finals. And if you did, woof, I don't think you'd be able to compete in the Olympics is what all I'm going to say. Uh, nobody saw that coming. Playoffs, sure. First round win, maybe. Maybe. Remember they played the Knicks a couple of weeks ago? Maybe they could beat the Knicks. Who knows? For them to go to the conference finals is nothing short of phenomenal. But for the Bucks to go and get to the finals on the road that they went on, I mean, my goodness. What a trip. What a ride for the Milwaukee Bucks. And for them to close out this series without Giannis is nothing short of impressive. So, a lot to talk about with Giannis and his health, and and we'll get to that shortly. But now that we sit here and we know what the field is, now that it's over, now that it's decided, it is the Milwaukee Bucks and it is the Phoenix Suns. You do think about a couple of things. And... The first part of this is both teams really are deserving. And you might be rolling your eyes here like, Vince, that is the dumbest thing that you could possibly. Of course, they're in the finals. What do you mean they're deserving? No, 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 no. I think it's important to state here. Both of these teams are really deserving to be here. They are very deserving to be in the finals. 
Because here's what happened last year, right? Miami Heat made it to the finals last year. What happened this year? Everybody looks back, and I, I've heard it enough times. Oh, it's a bubble team. It was just a bubble thing. It was a fad. They weren't any good. You know, like the, the revisionist history that's already come out based on what that team was last year, which was deadly. Extremely deadly, great chemistry, all that different stuff. Everything was clicking for the Heat last year. They had all of it going. And you look at what the Bucks have gone through and what the Suns have gone through, nothing but respect. The Suns had to win games without Chris Paul in the conference finals, and they did it. The Bucks had to win games in the conference finals without Giannis, and they did it. That's a tough thing to do. You're talking about a season where there were injuries just all over the place. Everybody went through it. And it was the grind of that season, a condensed schedule. So now you're playing all these back-to-backs. Now you're playing five games in seven days, stuff that players have hated, that nobody was happy about by the time this season hit the postseason. Every time we saw an injury in the postseason, like they've gone through a lot. And it wasn't easy along the way. I mean, or it was impressive along the way. For the Suns, I mean, they swept the Nuggets. Swept them. Just whoop, 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 right out. I don't know why I went to like a Three Stooges kind of sound effect there. Graceffo doesn't either. But why not? Sweeping officially now sounds like whoop, 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 whoop. If you actually put your broom on the floor right now and you move it back and forth, you'll hear a little whoop, whoop, whoop. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so... If you look at the Suns, yeah, they they swept the Nuggets. They beat the Clippers. Clippers didn't have Kawhi, sure, but the Clippers played good basketball too. Like, they weren't a pushover. They weren't a complete dud. They took a couple of games. Like, the Clippers played well. And for the Bucs, I mean, my God. I hope you didn't forget about that Nets series because that was insane. That series was, that's what it's all about is a series like that. I mean, we waited all year for the Bucs and the Nets to square off, or the Bucs and the Sixers, whoever it was going to be, or both. And, you know, the Sixers stink, and, and I'll cry another day. But for the Bucs to beat the Nets in that seven-game series when Kevin Durant was playing like that? I mean, are you kidding me? So, for everything that goes on with this, when the finals actually happen, for all of the twists and turns and crazy things that we're going to see in the moment, just take a second to appreciate that these are two great teams that people thought had a real shot to make the finals at the beginning of the year. They've been through a lot. They've earned it. And all the respect to both of these teams. No doubt about it. You have to give it up. But here's the thing that really sticks with me. Here's the thing that I really love the most about this series. It's the drought. The drought is what this whole thing is about. Because think about it. I mean, you're talking about two different franchises. These are not these storied, winning dynasties, you know, the Boston Celtics, the L.A. Lakers. That is not what this is. Phoenix Suns, they've never won a title. They've never done it. They've been around since 1968. They have not won once. There are people that exist in Phoenix right now that every year wake up and wait for the Suns to play. And they watch the games, and they talk about the team, and they get excited, and they go to games, and they buy shirts, and they go to family parties and talk smack on their cousins. And year in and year out, they've always left in disappointment. 
Small victories here and there, fun rides, great games here and there, of course. But since 1968, they've never won a finals. For the Bucs, they haven't won it since 1971. That's 50 years ago. And to imagine 50 years of a drought and what that feels like for everybody. I mean, it gets to a point at some stage where you just go, yeah, you know, it's just the franchise. Like, they're just cursed. They just can't do it. There's there's this defeated mentality that can come through. You just believe they're going to disappoint you every time because they've never done it. They've never gotten over the hump. But this is it. Like, this is in front of us right now. We've got two teams that regardless of what happens at any point in this series, one of these two teams in the first time in either 50 years or 53 years is going to take a title home. And isn't that awesome? Like, isn't that a really amazing thing? Because I'll tell you, like, for me, being from Philly, being a diehard Eagles fan, when I saw the Eagles win, greatest thing I've ever seen. Greatest thing I've ever seen. I I mean, I was surrounded by people who were, you know, father and son hugging and crying. I got a call from my dad. I saw people at the parade saying, hey, I'm wearing this jacket. And my grandfather wore this jacket for decades. And he died before he saw the team win. And what it means to me to wear my grandfather's jacket at this parade and how special that is. Like, I saw those moments. And that's the power of getting through a drought. That's what it can do to a city. Like, that's what's so amazing about it. And that's why if you're somebody that's a fan of a team that broke the drought, they won the title, hadn't done it in forever, you know, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, whatever it was, uh, being a fan of a team that had never won, hadn't won in the longest time, and you were there and you watched it happen. What was that like? What was that experience like? What did you do? How did you feel? 855-212-4227. Because for Milwaukee, Ted Davis, the, the radio announcer for the Milwaukee Bucks, He was talking about what it felt like as they won game six. Five seconds to go. The ball game is over. Well, 1.2 to go. They will take a shot clock violation. Now they'll let it burn. We get to say something that sounds as good today as it did in 1974. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to the NBA Finals. Phoenix, here we come. What a great feeling. Yeah, like the Bucks have made it twice. This is their third time. Made it in 71, made it again in 74. They lost in 74, haven't been back since. For the Phoenix Suns, they won, let's see, I, I got so many notes here. The Phoenix Suns, they won forever ago. So, so they made it to the finals in 76. They made it in 93. They did that with Charles Barkley. They haven't been back since. Steve Nash, seven seconds or left Suns, didn't make it to the finals. They didn't do it. So this is the first time in decades for each of these franchises to finally get a chance to break the drought. And that's just the raw joy of this. Like, that's what I really like about this. Because you look at every year, and it's been LeBron James every single year. It's been Steph Curry 
every single year. Is that fun? Yes, on some level, absolutely it's fun. When they, when you had these rematches, you know, and it was like, all right, well, the Cavs won one, the Warriors won one, let's see what happens now. Like, that kind of fun was real. Sure, absolutely. But they'd all won. They had rings. And it was just piling on at that point. So for them, for the fans, they've been through it. They've been through it. It's special to watch, no doubt. Watching the Warriors dynasty be what it was, no doubt. Maybe they can still put it together again. But they've done it. And to look at a Bucks team that hasn't done it since 1971, to look at a Suns team that's never done it in the history of the franchise and think what that means not just to the players, coaches, front office, people that sell concessions, everything. It's the fans. It's everybody. Like, it's such an all-consuming, beautiful thing. When you see a city come together, what that feeling is like. Again, have you ever experienced this? Because I'll I'll tell you, even uh, for me with the Sixers, 2001, they go to the finals, they play the Lakers. It's the infamous Tyron Lue getting stepped over by Allen Iverson series. So in that series, you could see it through the course of the playoffs. Like I'm a young kid, right? I'm watching the series go on. I'm watching the playoffs go on. And you could very slowly but surely see the whole city really coming together. Teams started getting more coverage in the news. See them a little bit more in the paper. You'd see more people wearing Sixers gear at school. Then I started seeing flags on cars, flags outside of buildings. Other teams are chipping in and sending messages. Hey, go get them, Sixers. It was scrolling on billboards at the top of skyscrapers within the city. Like, the whole city rallied around the team. People that don't even like sports, they're like, yeah, hey, this is fun. This is a ride. I like going to parties and having a couple of beers. Let's go Sixers. Never cared about basketball in my life. I mean, it just, it does that. It does that. It's a special thing. So have you ever been a part of that? What was it like for you? 855-212-4227. Because the other thing is, for both of these teams, it's about the way that they're doing it, right? And I want to start with the Bucks because... Mike Budenholzer's been the coach of the team now for a couple of years, and he's been through the grind of this. And listen to Budenholzer after the game as his team's now made it to the finals. You know, certainly, um, anytime you you lose, you got to be you got to be honest with yourself. You got to look. You got to reflect, um, and try and try and get better. Um, and so I, I think, um, just like every team in the league, uh, you know, when this group hasn't been able to advance, hasn't been able to to continue. Um, it's hurt. It's been hard. And um, the offseason, the guys that put the work in, the players that put the work in, um, you know, and I, I just, I'm impressed with what they've done. I love the Bucks because they've done it the traditional way. This is the kind of thing you expect, right? When you're thinking about the life cycle of an NBA team, of a champion, this is how it goes. 2019. Bucks are up a couple of games in the conference finals. They're playing the Toronto Raptors. And what do you know? Kawhi Leonard goes God mode. And the Bucks lose that series. They lose four straight. They lost four straight. They lost four straight games in 2019. And you're laughing at them. You're pointing fingers. We're talking about Giannis, all that different stuff. And last year, they play the Heat. Giannis gets hurt. They lose that series in five. You go, well, what's going on here? Like, are they going to be able to do it? We talk about Giannis again. Like, we go through all the cycle. And now here they are again. Doubling down on the teams that they've had that they've lost with. 
and saying, you know what? We're going to do this again. We're going to throw everything at Drew Holiday. We're going for it. This is it. We believe in this team. There's work to be done, but we believe in this team. We believe in these guys. We believe in our stars. So they go and get Drew Holiday. And now together they've done it. Like for this team to go and make that growth and make that progression and get to the finals, this is what it's about. Like this is what the NBA is about, is a growth like the Bucs have seen, a struggle like the Bucs have seen. And on the other side, you get the Suns. And the the Suns in in a lot of ways remind me of the Miami Heat. Heat last year, they add Jimmy Butler, big revelation for them. Now you get this combination of older guys, younger guys, chemistry, coaching, it all comes together. And suddenly you've got this team that's just incredibly dangerous. For the Heat, it was a little bit more out of nowhere. But for the Suns, I mean, man, second seed in the conference, coach of the year from the AP with Monty Williams, Chris Paul was an MVP candidate. I mean, they've had everything going for them. And to see the impact that he's had going to that team and the difference it's made and and now to see them in the finals, Chris Paul in the finals for the first time, I mean, I love to see it. I really do. And so I'm just such a big fan of this series, you know? Like, I I honestly, I, I asked a question, I put it out on Twitter, and it's a poll, you can go find it at It's, uh, it's Vince Quinn. Question being, who are you rooting for? And honestly, I I just want a good series because I can't lose here. There's no villain to me. You know, I look at this as, okay, well, it's one team that's gone through the grind. It's another team that played their cards right, drafted well, went all in on the right guy at the right time, picked the right coach to do it, and here they are. Like, there's, I can root for either. I'm happy with either, holding a title. You know, uh, looking at the Super Bowl this last year, for example, I didn't want the Bucks to win. No. Uh, you know, Tom Brady needs another ring. Vince, he's the greatest quarterback ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I got it three rings ago. Okay? Leave me alone. I, give me Mahomes. Give me the new era. Give me that dynasty. Let's see where that goes. You know, I I had a villain. In this, nothing but joy. Nothing but joy. And, and so, how do you feel about this series? Who are you rooting for? Does it matter? Is it just uh, both these teams you're, you're good with? 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn with you here. Again, you can find me on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. I want to get more into the health of this, too, because there are health elements for the Suns, for the Bucks. We're going to talk about that on the other side. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. And we're talking about droughts because when you look at the NBA Finals, that's the biggest thing about all of this. It's no dynasty. It's no established royalty. LeBron James out. Steph Curry out. First time in an NBA Finals since 2010. That we haven't had either of those guys. I mean, think about this, right? Like, this doesn't happen. This was a wide-open playoff field as we've ever seen. Now we got two teams that, 
I mean, my my God. The Bucks haven't won since 1971. The Suns have never done it. And so who are you rooting for to break the drought? And have you been through a drought? And are you in Milwaukee? And what does that feel like? Are you in Phoenix? What does that feel like? 855-212-4227. We'll get to the Hawks in a minute, but first, let's go to Steve in D.C. Steve, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Morning. It's going good, man. Good. Um, I'm glad for the finals, this, this series that it is, uh, the unknowns. Um, I'm glad to see Chris Paul uh, finally get there. Like, I think the NBA is in good shape right now with the guys that's winning right now, the young guys, the upcoming stars. We needed something a little different than LeBron. We appreciate those guys, but I think the NBA is in good, <clears throat> good uh, hands right now with the young guys that's coming up. And, you know, Mike McMillan did – a hell of a job with the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, no um, doubt. Based on where, where they were, and, you know, they had to fire, you know, their coach or whatever. They went on a winning streak. They went on a tear. And, you know, it goes back to, you were saying a couple of weeks ago, coaching matters in some of these in some of these leagues, especially in the NBA and the NFL. <clears throat> but, well, I, let me just say that, all sports. Coaching matters, man, and we're, who these guys respect. But I'm I'm just glad the finals is where it is. I'm excited about it, to be honest with you. And I'm, I was so glad. That, I'm so glad that where the country is right now, getting back in shape, uh, seeing fans in the stands. Um, you know, I, I just think it's a wonderful thing to see based on where we were a year ago. Um, yeah. And, you know, so I'm I'm excited about it. I'm I'm, I'm grateful. You know about it. You know, at, at the same time, to be able to turn on the TV, seeing people get back to normal, seeing people happy. You know, so uh, that, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, hey, well, Steve, I appreciate it, man, and thanks for the call. And if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. And if, if the phones are busy, which I guess means I'm doing a good job, uh, you can also just hit me up on Twitter. That's an easy way to find me. I try to get back to as many people as I can. You can find me on Twitter. It's Vince Quinn. It's all one word. It's nice and easy. And, again, I, I do my best to try to get back to everybody during the breaks. It's Vince Quinn. So, Let's talk about Nate McMillan because he just touched on it. Let's talk about Nate McMillan a little bit because when you think about the Hawks, you think about Trey Young first. We should be talking about Nate McMillan. You can't say enough about the job that this guy did because here's the thing. Earlier in the season, the Hawks were left for dead. I don't know if you realize this. But the Hawks made a lot of moves in the offseason. I mean, they were trying to get to the playoffs. They were aggressive about this. And they started the season... 14 and 20. 14 and 20 in the East. Not good. Not good. So Lloyd Pierce, head coach of the team, he was out. Nate McMillan was with the Hawks. They gave him the interim job. And McMillan talked about the moment after the game, after they had lost game six. Their season's over. He's looking back on everything that they've accomplished since that moment. And here's Nate McMillan talking about what happened with him and the team when he took that job. Uh, they've been a great group all season long. You know, it was a huge challenge uh, for them uh, once, you know, Coach Pierce was let go. And, I, you know, I challenged those guys to be better, uh, to do better, um, to sacrifice, to commit to each other, and they did. Unbelievable what he was able to do. They go from 14 and 20 under Lloyd Pierce to 27 and 11 with Nate McMillan. 27 and 11. 
getting into the playoffs, skipping the play-in, beating the Knicks, beating the number one seed Sixers in a game seven in Philly, taking the Bucks to six without Trey Young for a couple of games. I mean, and, and a busted up Trey Young in the last game. Like, that's amazing. That's amazing. And credit to Nate McMillan for that job. Because to get a team like that and turn them around and have them play as tough as they did too. What a tough team. Like, really, I, I have so much respect for the fight in the Atlanta Hawks. Because every single game, didn't matter what the circumstances were, they'd come out and they'd fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. Game six, tonight, they were down. I mean, fourth quarter, there's a couple of minutes left. There's like six minutes left. I turned to Adam, who's, uh, who, you know, he's a sound guy around here. And I'm talking to him like, well, you know, it's like 102 to 86, couple of minutes left. This this game's over. And then it's this literally the second I said that, the Hawks hit a three. And then they hit another basket. And they went in the middle of this monster run. And it was like, uh-oh, maybe it's not over. To the point where it was maybe a six-point lead with two minutes left. I mean, it was close. And that's what the Hawks did all season long. It, it's truly incredible. And so you, you got to tip your cap to the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, just what a year. And we'll get to Trey Young in a minute. But first, I want to go to oh Ron, who's in Madison. Ron, what is it like in Madison? Man, we, we partied tonight. I was at a bar down on Regent Street here in Madison. We Man, every shot the Bucks hit, man, and uh, – then for a while after the game was over, we just partied. I was at a bar, and uh, hit Chris your own Middleton, shots. And what he did uh, in Game Three in the fourth quarter and the third quarter, what he did tonight, he man, he put a he put the bucks on his back and without Giannis. Yeah, yeah, it's it was incredible, man, and and to see them go on that run. Uh, Middleton just, yeah, out of his mind in the third quarter. It was fun. So so what happens? I mean, clock's ticking down. couple of seconds left. Bucks advance to the finals. What's the reaction in the bar? Oh, yeah. We were just going crazy, man. We were going... We were going... Then the Bucks going to the finals, and we started chanting, the Bucks in six, Bucks in six. I love it. Hey, well, Ron... The yeah. finals start Tuesday night? Yeah, Tuesday night. Okay. Uh, write yeah. that down, because I don't uh, know if I'd you're going to remember it right now, Ron. You should write that down for me, all right? <laughs> but, uh, if Giannis can be out there, he'll be out there. Hopefully he can be out there for a few games. Yeah, oh, no doubt. And we'll see, because reports will be coming out in the next couple of days. And, and Ron, I appreciate it, man. See, like, that is the sound of a man that is enjoying the night. Drunk people are welcome. Yeah, they are. Like, if you're calling from Bucks territory, Bucks country, yeah, I, that's what I expect to hear. Like, really, what, what else are you doing on a night like this? Vodka. Yeah, that's that's well. I'm I'm not a vodka guy. Vodka. I'll drink it. I mean, I'll drink it. I'm not like anti vodka. But vodka. Stop it. No whiskey. Do we have like a straight whiskey? Because that's that's my go to. That's my go to. I would say, a lot of times. I don't know if it's because I'm lazy or I actually enjoy it without ice more. But a lot of times, I just I just get the bottle, I pour it, and that's it. I just true go. Story. Yeah. No, it is true. It is true. I'll be doing some of that tonight. Can't wait. But. For now, if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. Now, 
let's talk about Trey Young a little bit because we have been talking about the Hawks here now that they're out. And for Trey Young, what a talent, man. I mean, really, I knew Trey Young was a good player. I knew he was kind of fun. I caught glimpses of him here and there. I'm not going to tell you that I was locked into the Atlanta Hawks these past couple of years because they really haven't been all that relevant. It's just, it is what it is. So you catch some highlights, you read a couple articles, you know, didn't know a whole lot about the guy. And when you see what he did in the playoffs, I mean, so much respect, right? You look at certain players and you go, okay, can they evolve into somebody that can lead a franchise one day? Can they become that caliber player, the number one guy on a championship winning team? Can they do it? And, oh, well, they're young, but a couple of years from now, and, you know, they develop and mature and all that kind of stuff. No, Trey Young is that guy right now. Trey Young can be the best player on a championship team right now. He's that good. He's that good. And when you see him in New York, it's his first playoff series, Madison Square Garden. Trey Young's balding. Trey Young's balding. And then he hits a game-winning shot and bows to the crowd. Like, what a run. What a run. It was just so impressive to see him time and time again. He had a game. I forget which game it was. There's just so many games. But there was a game where Trey Young couldn't hit a shot. He was struggling. And a lot of times guys shoot through that. Trey Young just started passing. He just goes, you know, I don't have it. All these other guys, they could shoot. I'm just going to give off the ball here, give it off there. Uh, Kevin Herter, go make some threes. Go for it. And he hit a few. You know, and... To see him make that kind of switch, you see that kind of maturity in a guy his age that's new to the playoffs? What a run. What a run. And and Trey Young and Atlanta, they look like a team now where you're going to want to play there. You know, guys will want to play in Atlanta. When you see that kind of turnaround with the coach, when you see that kind of team effort, relentless team effort, how do you not want to play there? How would you not be interested If you're on the market and it's, I don't know, all the same money, you can go to the Atlanta Hawks or the Orlando Magic. Where are you going? Where are you going? Yeah, I'll see you in Atlanta. So, looking at what they did, incredibly impressive. And the cupboard's stocked, by the way. Like, they have New York Nets vibes, Brooklyn Nets vibes. Because they had all these players... And then, what do you know? Hey, well, KD comes around. Kyrie comes around. Now they want James Harden. They offload a bunch of people. Great. They can do that. They've had the ability. They had the depth. So now you can have a starting five. You can have a couple of players on your bench. And you can get this deep team, unload some of the talent, and now get stars. I mean, Atlanta's got those options. You can have conversations about basically anybody, which is a great spot to be in. So, seeing all that from Atlanta, man, just so impressed. Really, so impressed. So, if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. Let's go to Rob in Sacramento. What's going on, Rob? Hey, how's it going? You know, you're talking about droughts. I got two droughts that I lived through and enjoyed while I was living in the Bay Area. I remember when the Giants finally won their first World Series when they moved to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And when the... San Jose Sharks made it to the made it to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time. San Jose was crazy. So was the Bay Area. So what was it like? I mean, crazy how? 
crazy as in wall to wall to wall people. The the whole Bay Area was rallying around the San Jose Sharks because they're the only hockey team in the Bay Area, the same way they rallied around the Warriors when they finally won it again in 2015. And just like when I was in San Francisco on Market Street, the parade, my God. (laughs) (laughs) People came from everywhere. And I do mean everywhere. Oh and yeah, I had a, I had a I had an uncle who's a Willie Mays fan, and he was jealous of the fact that I got a chance to see the Giants win the World Series because he's been a Willie Mays fan, and he never got a chance to see him play ever. Yeah, and and I can imagine the jealousy for sure, Rob. I appreciate it, man. Like the idea of people flying in from everywhere—that's one of the best parts. It really is. Like, it was so cool because I remember for the parade when the Eagles won in, in 17, which feels like 20 years ago now because the team, they're just a mess. But when they won, I mean, people saying, hey, uh, I live in Arizona, but the second the Eagles won that Super Bowl, I booked a ticket. I had to come home. I had to come home. I had to be at the parade. And so people, there, there was plenty of people like that just flew all the way across the country across the world, like wherever they were, because they had to be there to experience that moment, to see the end of the drought. And how cool is that? You know, so I just want to hear your experiences. 855-212-4227 with seeing that title drought end. And what's it like in Milwaukee? What's it like in Phoenix? I'd love to just keep talking to you tonight. That's a lot of the conversation. Also, we'll get a little bit more into the series itself. And let's talk about some of the challenges. Let's talk about Middleton and Holiday. That's all coming up. I'm Vince Quinn with you on CBS Sports Radio. And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, it's officially the 4th of July edition of the morning show. Vince Quinn here. You know, morning show in quotes. Vince Quinn here on CBS Sports Radio. As Graceffo looks at me like I'm some kind of idiot, he's probably right. Uh, speaking of which, Graceffo. let's talk about wiping butts, shall we? Uh, yes, wiping the old rear end. Because if you didn't see this, just just a great little footnote in sports this week. Dan Campbell continues to be the absolute best, and I'm very quickly joining the Dan Campbell bandwagon. I I might be the the leader of the Dan Campbell Can I ask bandwagon. A question. Yes. Will you be on the bandwagon when they're five and twelve? Yes. When they're four and thirteen. Probably. When they're three and ah! fourteen. Ah, okay, that's that's. Uh, I'm gonna blame Jared Goff for everything. Nothing oh, they is, won't. Nothing is Dan Campbell's they fault. They won't because he's there for another year. Well, yeah, I, I hope he's there for forty years. If I get quotes like this, I want Dan Campbell around for the rest of my life. I just want him always coaching the Lions. He's never coached an NFL game in his life, but now he needs to be the coach for all of eternity in Detroit. So, here's what he says. He's talking about. Just getting acquainted with the team and what he was telling the players when he was getting everything started. He said, quote, look, 
I'm not carrying your toilet paper around. I'm not going to wipe your butt. You're going to wipe your own butt. You handle it, and I'll treat you like men until you prove otherwise. So there you go. Dan Campbell, not wiping butts. Who is your daddy? <laughs> and what does he do? Yeah, do you, do you have the second half? Do we have a full no, version of the second? Who is your daddy? Yeah, oh, who man. is your daddy's bet? Like, it's you don't need the other half. Well, no, because the, the well in this case the other half works. Yeah, who sure, is your I daddy? And what point. does he do? He this, wipes your butt. In this reference, which I never could have planned for, you should have planned for butt wiping. No, you you should always never plan. did I ever think an NFL head coach would get up there in front of people and say, "I'm not going to wipe the rear end of my players." <laughs> this man is from another planet. But it's the best planet. Sure. It's not Earth, though. No. No. No, it's not. So, can I ask you a question? Sure. Another question I'll ask you. Okay. Uh, do you think he did this in the interview process? Or are they stunned that, oh, we have a madman coaching this football team? <laughs> do you think he did this while he's interviewing with the lady that owns the— Because the lady's checked out. She's like, she's printing her Ford checks. She's checked out. She's yeah. like, I just need somebody here that can coach a football. I don't know. I don't care. Whoever. They wanted to hire Todd Bowles. I mean, I mean, they could be more lost. So, well, yeah, but if you're talking to Todd Bowles or this, I mean, what's more appealing? Well, again, they, I don't think they ever got the chance to talk to Todd well, Bowles. But anyway, well, no, but it is curious that that is a huge question of what what was he saying in the interview? There's I no way he was saying stuff like this. Like, I won't wipe your butt. Uh, we're gonna have a tiger, a lion on the field. Uh, we're gonna rip people's knees off. He, there's no way he's sitting there with know. the owner in the room and saying this stuff. And now all of a sudden, he got the job, and they're blindsided because this man is a nut job. Well, I, I don't know. Because there is a thing where, like, for example, parents will have an idea of who their child is, and then their child is no longer under their watch. And once they're out in the world, very different person. Uh, I want to eat his children. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't you see him saying that next? Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. He's gonna, we're going to eat babies and pound the uh, bears. I hope he does. We're going to eat the bears' children. Yeah, we're going to skin those bears. We're going to put them on the floor. We're going to wipe our feet after a muddy trek through the woods on those bears. Oh, yeah, I could totally see That's that. That's absolutely ludicrous. It's ludicrous, but it's also the best thing you like, could yeah, ask but for. Like, what's the shelf life of someone like this, honestly? Well, it's either a year or, like, I don't know, an eternity. I mean, real like if if it's gonna be an eternity, they better start winning fast. Well, yeah, but it ain't gonna be does, an eternity. I'm telling you now. If he does, he ain't winning fast. Why not? Uh, this might be like a bottom five roster in all football. Okay, uh, you can't argue that one. He doesn't need to win a Super Bowl though. I mean, what if he wins like okay. eight games this year? <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's he's not. Okay, what 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 is a what would be an impressive number for you? Six. Six? Okay. What if you win six? Great. Okay. Throw him a parade. Okay. Well, uh, maybe I will. And then... We'll throw toilet paper All the least. nonsense courts can continue when they pound their chest after they've won six. Yeah. It's progress. But that's, I just I hope it works, man. I really do. I love oddities like this. The guy is, is clearly authentic. You know? Like, this is who yeah, Dan Campbell is. there's another word is. for authentic. It's like, you've gone too far. <laughs> Well, that can be the case sometimes, you know, like uh, relationships. It'll be like, well, you kind of unravel the crazy nice and slow. Again, there's a reason why every football, every other football coach doesn't talk like this. Well, there's plenty of coaches that don't talk like this that also suck at the job. Sure. Uh, he He's going to do both. He's going to talk <laughs> like this and he's going to suck at the job because they're not winning seven, eight games. They're not. I'm sorry to tell you. I hope they do. I hope they do. 
It would be great. I I just I, I like the guy. He's quirky. He's eccentric. He's fun. Great. It's different. That's great. But you know what? It it I I lived through this. I had a coach like this. It runs hollow when you don't win. So you better win. Well, he better win. He better right. and the players better like him. You can have all like the him. nutty quotes you want. Talk about having lions on the field and we're going to be tougher than everyone else. If you don't win, it gets hollow very quickly. Yeah. I, I wonder if Detroit likes him. I I'm sure how- they do because the guy before was an absolute uh, flatliner. The guy before did nothing, said nothing, was nothing, will continue to be nothing. Well, yeah, but if you're getting a guy like this, it, I mean, I like him, you don't. Well, so, they, just, they did a complete 180 from what they had, which oh, yeah. I don't blame them. What they had was a zero. He was an absolute zero. He'll never be a head coach again unless he's getting the Patriot job. So, of course they're excited. He actually has a pulse when he talks to people, <laughs> unlike the other guy. Yeah. Of course they're excited. I don't know. But, I, you have, but you have to win is the point. Well, yes. Yes. Like, I'm not saying he's got to make the playoffs this year, but, you know, he can't go out there and win three games either. After all the tough talk, and we're going to be tougher than everyone and eat people. Well, people taste delicious, by the way. Have you tried people? I'm just... <laughs> I want to eat his children. <laughs> We've gotten into butt wiping and cannibalism. What a show. What a show. Well, it's uh, all Dan Campbell's fault. No, it's... I wouldn't call it fault. <laughs> well, it's his fault we're talking about this right now. Influence. Let's, we'll say influence. Better word. I'm a fan. By the way, we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. They will not wipe your butt, though. Uh, let's go to, because we've been talking about a lot of stuff with the NBA Finals so far. And I, I want to know what it's like in Milwaukee. I just, I want to soak it in. I want to feel the energy out in Milwaukee because you just got to the Finals. You got to the finals. The Bucks haven't been to the finals since 1974. So what is it like out there? Let's go to Mike. Mike in Milwaukee. What's going on? Hey, how you doing, Vinny? I'm doing hey, good. How are you doing, Mike? Doing wonderful. You know, listen, the state of Wisconsin as a whole has had a bunch of winners. Of course, the Packers have won 13 titles and four Super Bowls. Wisconsin's the national power in football. It's won Rose Bowls. Marquette won the national title in 77. Wisconsin basketball has been to the Final Four, all of that. But nothing has had the Milwaukee name on it since 1982. And in 1982, I'll never forget, after the Brewers won the American League Championship over the Angels, my parents uh, took our entire family downtown Milwaukee, and there was so much energy. There were people everywhere. It was incredible. And so tonight, after it looked like the Bucs were going to win with about a minute to go, uh, my wife and I took our kids to downtown Milwaukee and did the same thing. We went near the Deer District. It was incredible. There were people everywhere. Um, I cannot even begin to tell you the energy down there. Black and white people high-five and get along, and that's the way it should be. And that's what the, the best thing about basketball is. And the icing on the cake was for the city of Milwaukee, it was against Atlanta. And other than Chicago, if we have a rival, and the, the uh, mainstream media may not know this because, you know, we're like the Baltimore of the – of the Midwest, and and we love that. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the thing is, Atlanta is a rival. They stole our baseball team a long time ago. Actually, some Chicago investors did and took them to Atlanta, that being the Atlanta Braves. And in a lot of ways, even though we love the Brewers, this city has never gotten over it. So every time we beat Atlanta, whether it's the Packers beating them in the playoffs or tonight it's the Bucks doing it, uh, it's just an incredible feeling. We love sticking it to Atlanta. 
Uh, one last thing I'll mention yeah. is that years ago in the 90s, like throughout the nation, you know, there were Chicago Bulls jerseys everywhere. And nothing made me more sick than seeing a Chicago Bulls jersey in Milwaukee. I couldn't stand it, and they were everywhere. Well, I was just in Chicago last week, and I saw Giannis jerseys everywhere. I saw one Middleton jersey. And so that, my friend, Vinny, is just an incredible feeling as well. The Bucks are in the finals. This is incredible. I never thought this would happen in my life. There's tons of energy in the city, and I say Bucks in six. Take care, Vinny. All right, Mike, I appreciate it, man. Look at that. Look at that. Like, how amazing is that? Taking his kids downtown, soaking in the scene, seeing the chaos. Like, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That is a lifetime memory. That is something that regardless of what happens in the finals, you can look back on that decades from now and go, you know, how great was that night? How great was that moment? How cool was it to be there in the crowd, to see the excitement, to see the jerseys, to have the chance, all that kind of stuff. Like, for me... uh, Eagles win the NFC Championship game. They're going to the Super Bowl. Now, this is a bit of a weird year at the time because what you have to consider is they were underdogs at home in the playoffs. They beat Atlanta. Actually, so there's a nice connecting thread. Uh, Didn't know that that Milwaukee-Atlanta beef, by the way. Interesting little note there. But they they beat the Falcons. Okay, nice win. Then they're underdogs again against the Vikings. And at this point... Literally everybody in Philadelphia, because after they beat Atlanta, Lane Johnson, who's a right tackle for the Eagles, he put on like a German Shepherd dog mask, okay? It is a giant, covers the whole head dog mask. (laughs) After this happens, the dog masks sell out in about 24 hours online. You just can't find them. Everyone in Philly owns a dog mask. So the NFC Championship, the Eagles win, they blow out the Vikings, everybody hits the streets, Half of the crowd is in dog masks, including me. I had a, I had a friend's dog mask. I'm howling at the moon. <laughs> I'm high-fiving strangers. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was the craziest, most absurd thing I've ever been a part of. But it was unforgettably great. People, like, standing on top of cars as they're driving down the street. It was It was chaos. It was the best kind of chaos. And so to think that that kind of thing is going on in Milwaukee right now, Absolutely awesome to think about that happening in Phoenix just a couple of days ago. Awesome. Like absolutely awesome. So I'd love to hear from people that are a part of it. If you've had moments like that in your life, what's it been like? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You can also just get in on Twitter, by the way. Easy way to find me. It's Vince Quinn. It's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. Let's go to uh, Aaron in Wisconsin. What's going on, Aaron? Hey, Vince. Uh, uh, it, it was unbelievable. I was uh, I took um, my three kids, um, 18, 17, 16, that's their ages, and they were just so pumped just to be a part of something so huge, so big for the state of Wisconsin. Um, I was two years old when they went uh, um yeah, I was two years old when uh, they went to the championship in 74. So, of course, I don't remember it, but to be a part of something so big and so huge, um, Milwaukee is, is totally on the map as far as with the Bucks, but also with the Brewers, too. Uh, they're the hottest team right now in, in Major League Baseball, and I believe they won tonight as well. So they're riding a huge win streak, 
Um, so this is this is just a big big plus for for the state of Wisconsin plus uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee deserves it. Milwaukee has been waiting forever for a championship team to come to town, um, and they delivered even without Giannis. Um, it was great just to see everybody touch the ball, um, just to just to see the crowd. Uh, the crowd uh, down in the Deer District uh, was well well above twenty thousand. So just to, just to be a part of that, um, as your last caller was saying, uh, Mike, um, to have um, to bring his kids down downtown, um, it, it was just electrifying. Uh, people just hugging each other. Um, people just embracing each other, and that—that's what sports does. Sports does um, something magical to people, um, especially in their own city. And to see something like that is unbelievable. And I—I I, I can't wait to witness uh, the championship series with uh, with um, the Suns. Yeah, I, and I think. Go, uh, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'm enjoying this. Oh, I, oh, I'm just. I'm 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 just so so pumped. My kids got to see it. I think that is probably one of the big things of 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 seeing their smiles, seeing everybody. <laughs> but uh, anyway, everybody just had such a great time, and just to see everybody in in a in a great mood, and uh, such uh, to see the. The atmosphere is so positive. Yeah, and and Aaron, thanks, man. That's a great story, and I appreciate it. Like that's that's what it's all about. That's it, right there. And if you want to get in, eight five five two one two four two two seven. And you know, when you think about this whole run and and what's going into it, one of the things that's really cool about all of this is just. My God, Chris Middleton. Middleton, for what he's been able to do in this series, for what he did in this game six, for Chris Middleton to, he had, I think, 23 points in the third quarter. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, he's just so out of control. And, And that's what's been so great about is watching Middleton have games throughout the playoffs where, he gives you tonight. He had thirty-two points, seven assists. He's had other games where it's thirty-eight points. He's done that twice throughout the playoffs. He's been that late-game closer for the Bucks. He's this compliment to Giannis, and for them to have this energy to finally really figure it out. This has been the best the relationship between those two on the court has been. To have that chemistry, to know when to give it up, for Middleton to trust himself. He had a big game winner early in the series against the Nets, like. He's done so much in these playoffs. And if anybody's enjoying the ride, it's got to be him. It's got to be. I mean, just what a year he's having. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. So we've been talking about droughts a lot. And we're doing that because you are guaranteed this year to get a finals winner that hasn't won in a long time or hasn't won, period. And it's a beautiful thing. It really is to finally be a fan because you might like other teams in the city. You might like them. You might like them. Sure. 
But to have your favorite team, the team that you follow all the time, the team that you spend the most time talking about, you have season tickets, you play them as them in the video game, you have a franchise mode every single year, 45 championships, you know, like to go through that kind of love for a team and see it happen around you, see parades around you, it's fun, it's fun, but it's not the same to get your team with the drought. Haven't won in 30, 40 50 years. What does that feel like? You know, and what does it feel like now to be in Milwaukee on the verge of a finals win to be in Phoenix on the verge of a finals win? What does it look like? What does it feel like? We've been talking about that tonight. And if you want to get in eight, five, five, two, one, two, four, two, two, seven, you can also join the show on Twitter. Somebody just said to me, they're a Cubs fan, and not only was it the most excruciating Game 7 they've ever played, it was the most rewarding, and almost five years later, they still can't believe it. But they also bring up something that's a, a fun little note that does happen once you win, which is, in the aftermath, it's a bind criticizing the same front office that brought your first title in 108 years. <laughs> that is such a thing. Team wins a title. You get a pass for basically a year, I want to say. You get to go through the whole season. And after that, if you stink, you're going to start hearing about it. You're going to, like, people are going to start getting agitated again. That itch starts to come back a little bit. So that is a funny part of the whole thing. But, again, if you want to get in and talk about it, 855-212-4227. If you just want to get in about the series in general and how you feel about the series, who you're rooting for, whatever. 855-212-4227 or on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. And we'll talk about the Bucs and their drought and specifically the last time they won. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, let's go to Ruben, who's in Milwaukee. Hello, Ruben. Hey, Vince. How's it going tonight, brother? It's going good. How's it going for you? Oh, it's going swell, man. Those Cubs fans are looking up and the Brew Crew is Eight games ahead. Okay. That's not bad. Oh, and then, by the way, the Bucks won tonight. So things here are going pretty, pretty good. How'd you I'm celebrate tonight, Ruben? Uh, I'm at, currently at work in my car listening to you guys on the phone during my lunch break. Nice. Nice. Absolutely, absolutely. So I couldn't party, but um, I'm off tomorrow, you know, the 4th of July. So I'll be getting it in then. It's been a long time. I remember uh, I'm, I'm born and raised here. I remember back in 77 when Marquette won the uh, – NCAA championship title. I remember that very vividly. I was 13 at that age, and uh, it's been a long time. You know, we saw the Brewers win the American League pennant, but they didn't win the World Series in 82. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's it's uh, happy times right about now. And it's also going to be good for uh, that Deer District uh, area where, um, you know, unfortunately with the pandemic, a lot of people, bartenders, uh, waitresses lost their jobs. So it's going to be a good economic impact for the city. And uh, now everybody's, you know, wrapping themselves around the Bucks. Uh, you see signage all over the city now, and and it's it's just a big fever pitch where people who usually don't watch basketball are into it now. So uh, let's hope that uh, four more wins they can get, and then uh, we can bring a championship here to Milwaukee. That would be awesome. <laughs> it certainly would, and Ruben, I appreciate it, man. And one of the things that is funny about this is when you get to a point where you're in it, you know, and you've got a series like that, you're having a watch party, And you care. Like, you care. You know what I mean? Like, you're locked in. You know, every player on the team, you've been following them all year. You've been following them for the last 15, 20, 30 years. You are locked into this game. This is all you care about. But you're having a party because, of course, you're having a party. It's I mean, it's the NBA Finals. Your team's in the Finals. You're going to throw a party. 
But then someone shows up who doesn't watch basketball. Never cared. Never interested. Comes just comes and goes with the breeze. Hey, everybody's in on basketball. Let me join in. Which I'm not I'm not bashing on bandwagon fans. But in fact, I think bandwagon fans are super important. But if you go to a party, there have been times where I've seen the diehards be agitated beyond belief by the casuals that come in and like, oh, so who's that guy? Um, okay, I, they called a three-second. What What is a three-second violation? Can somebody, John, do you know what a three-second violation? John, hey, uh, can you explain? Like, it just, it drives people nuts. It drives people crazy. So <laughs> I find that element hilarious. But anyway, let's let's go back in time to when the Bucks last won the title, which, by the way, 50 years ago, 50 years it's been, since the Bucks last won a title. They did make a finals in 1974, and that's it. And that's it. Now, 71 thing, just a, a couple of fun notes going back in time here. First thing, it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's second season in the NBA. Second year, and the team's crazy good. There's three Hall of Famers on the team. And, you know, most notable being Kareem and Oscar Robertson. So... With Kareem's second year, leads the league in scoring 31 points over the course of the season. Best record in the West. They're 66 and 16. You know who they played in that first finals for the Bucks in that first title series back in 1971? Everyone's favorite team, the Baltimore Bullets. What? <laughs> yes, they played the Baltimore Bullets in 1971. And the Bullets apparently not not overwhelming. 42 and 40, last team in the East to make the playoffs, although a couple of Hall of Famers on their own. Uh biggest names you might know, Mess uh Wes Unseld and Earl Monroe. Gus Johnson as well, a Hall of Famer on that team. But yeah, like the, the league is so different then, which is always fun when you go back in time. Like there's only 17 teams in the NBA. The whole finals format is different. It, it's just a weird, you know, they, they rotated games. So it was home away, home away. And by the way, that was it. It was a four game sweep when they played this finals back in 71. So that's, that's the last time that the Bucks went and won the finals. But here's the other thing is that I, I always love this kind of stuff. It's the, the pop culture element, right? So do you know what the first, the number one song in America was on April 30th, 1971, the day that the Bucks won their first and only NBA Finals. Well, it's quite a jam. Oh, yeah, you got to pump this. Jeremiah was a bullfrog, was a good friend of mine. Oh, this song's so good. This is one of the songs that I've played on repeat for, like, weeks at a time. I still don't know what Jeremiah was a bullfrog means. I've, I've never understood what Jeremiah was a bullfrog means. I've never heard anybody else ever called a bullfrog. I, I don't know if it's a phrase or if they just made it up there. But yes, Joy to the World by Three Dog Night was the number one song in America when the Bucks last won their title. So just another little piece of pop culture for you. And I guess, hey, if you're in Milwaukee, pump it. Just pump it up. Just let it roll. Let it ride. It's a great song. Yeah, here we go. Sing along, Graceffo. <laughs> he just looks at me. 
Happy blue sea. Joy to you and me. Oh, it's so good. So good. So that was the deal for the Bucks the, the last time they won. We've been talking about a, a lot of different things here over the course of the night revolving around this series as we get going. I mean, one of the best things about this, just in terms of the actual basketball stuff, it's going to be the guard matchups. The guard matchups are so good. They're so good to try to figure out all the gamesmanship of who's going to match up with who and thinking about, you know, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, like how all that's going to shake out. Who's Drew Holiday going to be on? How do they, how do the Suns try to manipulate that? I just, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it because that's the stuff that obviously makes this all so great over the course of a series is figuring out Who's going to be on who? What are the adjustments? Who gets more minutes in the rotation? Who gets less? And, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe we see big Bobby Portis minutes all of a sudden, which if you don't know who Bobby Portis is, uh, I don't exactly blame you. He's been in the league for a couple of years, but he's a he's a role player. And he came in for the Bucks a couple of games ago, game five, and he just blew up. He just blew up like Giannis was hurt. They needed somebody to play minutes. Bobby Portis was the guy, and he had like 22 points. It was the Bobby Portis game. And so maybe he gets more time. Like, what does that look like in the rotation? And this is all assuming Giannis comes back and Giannis is healthy, and what does he look like? And by the way, who covers Giannis? Who sticks on him? Well, is it going to be DeAndre Ayton? Well, they play Brooke Lopez a lot. So are you going to have a small guy carding Brooke Lopez? Are you going to have Jay Crowder on Brooke Lopez? And Ayton's going to cover Giannis? Like, I just, I I want to see all of it. I can't wait for all of it. It's just going to be a lot of fun. So, 855-212-4227. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, we're on the back half of the morning show. Vince Quinn here with you on CBS Sports Radio. And we've been talking a lot about the NBA Finals so far. Happy to keep doing that. We will continue to do that throughout the show. If you want to join, 855 212 4227. Nice and easy, 855 212 4227. If you haven't saved it in your phone by this point, come on. Just get to the chase. You have to remember your... Who remembers phone numbers anymore? I'm totally honest. This is probably embarrassing. But I still don't know my girlfriend's phone number. We've been dating for almost five years. I honestly couldn't call her right now if I needed to. If I got lost on the way home... I and my cell phone, like my, I'm actually going to run out of battery tonight. I lost my charger, so that's good. Um, but if I had to call her to be like, "Hey, uh, my phone died, and I I need help. Please send an Uber or something," like I wouldn't be able to call her. <laughs> I just wouldn't. <laughs> so uh, don't remember phone numbers. You can just program them. Eight five five two one two. 4227. Although you should probably know your significant other's phone number. I should probably learn that at some point. By the way, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, 
Rocket Ken. So as we continue to talk about the NBA and the finals, the Bucks, the Suns, all that good stuff, I need to talk about the NCAA a little bit here because if you're looking at, at what's going on with the NCAA, I mean, these are seismic changes that we're dealing with here. And what are those changes? Well, what you are seeing is a major change in terms of what athletes can do to make money. So you've seen it around NIL, N-I-L, name, image, and likeness, which it just means they can go and get endorsements. That's really what it means. They can profit off of being themselves. They don't need to hide. They don't need some secret alter ego. You don't need, I don't know, Johnny Manziel had a story a couple of weeks ago where he was like, yeah, some guy told me to meet him at a back room at a bar and he had 30K in cash in a safe and I walked out with it. It's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like some wild stuff. I mean, this guy, he's one of the most popular athletes in America. Here he is making these shady deals with a bag. You know, like what's going on here? Like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this to anybody? Let alone, you know, 18, 19, 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds. What are we doing? There's no need for this. So the NCAA, is, as much as they had been fighting this for a while, case had gone to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court looked at the NCAA, and they were like, fellas, you really want to talk about amateurism when you're making billions of dollars here? Like, what are we doing? So all that's out the window. Now players can profit off of themselves. And I got to tell you, I've seen a lot of doom and gloom around this. I think it's great for the NCAA. Like, great. Like, they fell backwards into something that they've needed so desperately. This is exactly what the NCAA needs. In every way, really. Every level. This is what the NCAA needs. They're lucky. They're lucky they're so horrifically wrong that it took the United States government to change their way of doing business. Fitz, how can you say that? These are college athletes. They're amateurs. They're getting paid. What's wrong with you? Well, a lot of things. But when it comes to this, here's the thing. You know what the problem is with the NCAA? Nobody knows the players anymore. Nobody cares. It's different. Because the whole dynamics change, right? These guys, you're going overseas. That's what some of these players are doing. LaMelo Ball did that a couple of years ago. Didn't earn his draft stock. One bit. Didn't matter. Played overseas. Who cares? Might have even forgotten. Didn't matter. Still a top pick. He's rookie of the year. Everything's fine. You look at the NBA itself and the G League. They've gotten kids to skip college. They literally graduate high school and go into the G League. They've been getting paid to go to the G League. That is happening right now. Some of the top prospects, like, and these aren't just guys. These aren't, you know, the 790th prospect who could have gone to Northern Illinois. Like, no, no, no. We're talking about the number two, number three, number five, number 10, like top prospects in America are going to the G League. You could be on TV all the time, playing for Kentucky, playing for Duke, playing for Kansas, North Carolina. They're going to the G League. They're not on TV. But you know why they're doing it? They're getting paid. They're getting paid. They're with professional coaches. They're around other professionals. 
that's the good move to make. Now the NCAA can compete. They couldn't do it before. Now you can get guys to actually stay. You can get players to commit. What a boom for the NCAA. How good is this for them? The players are getting paid. That they can make money off of themselves if the market allows them to do it. Because that's what this is. We're not talking mandated salaries right now. It's just, hey, you're a wide receiver at Ohio State. And if you can get yourself a sponsorship and you can promote, I don't know, a car dealership, a local restaurant, you can build a big enough following on Instagram and, hey, you're a wide receiver at Ohio State. You might go pro someday. You got 15,000 followers. Well, this is worth, you know, a couple hundred bucks to promote this brand. Good for them. Doesn't change anything. Doesn't change at all. It's money outside, away from the game. Now, it's inevitably going to be a part of how the NCAA does business because, yes, schools are going to work out different deals for their players. They're effectively going to be agents. Here's local businesses. Here's boosters that own their own companies. Here's the things that you can promote. Here's what it's worth. So that kind of stuff is going to happen. But it doesn't really change much. The kids are still going to be in the NCAA. You're still going to have coaches that matter, right? Great coaches, great programs are going to be just fine. I don't think Nick Saban is shaking in his boots. If anything, he might have more of an advantage now. Who knows? But the fact that these kids can make money now, they could stay. They could stay. Think about the number of times a player is going into the NFL draft. They're a sixth-round pick. They're a junior. Is it worth it? Maybe. Maybe. Hey, they got a couple of snaps. You know, they were a role player. They were a role player. They had a couple of starts. They showed enough. Good tape. You know, good good 40-time, good combine, whatever. So they're pro. But if you're getting drafted in the sixth round, if you stayed a year and you were a senior and you got more starting reps, maybe you have a better quarterback the next year, just a better team. Now you could be a second-round pick. Now you could be a first-round pick. And the money from a first-round pick or a second-round pick versus a sixth-round pick, it ain't close. And if you could be a popular player in college, you're going to make money. You're going to be a celebrity. I mean, did you know the best player? When you were in college, if you had a football team at your school, did you know who the best player was on the team? I did. And our guy, uh, the, the quarterback, happened to go pro for a little bit. He was in the NFL for a couple of years. John Skelton went to Fordham. But people knew who he was because he was the quarterback of the football team and he was an NFL caliber player. What is that worth? What, what was he once he went pro? Second stringer, third stringer, sitting around. I mean, are you sniffing out a deal? Is that exciting? Who'd, so, uh, signed a big client today. Oh, really? Wow, who'd you get? Oh, well, let me tell you this. All right, take a seat. You're going to need a seat for this one. It's a big deal. I signed the third round, you know, fifth round, third string quarterback of the 2012 Arizona Cardinals. And it's like, okay. <laughs> It's just, it's not that same kind of vibe as I signed the best player, the star player at this school. The money you can make from that celebrity. Jersey sales, right? 
not having an NFL team, an NBA team, whatever in your market. Like, you are the show in town. That's why a lot of these colleges are so popular. You are the biggest thing going in the area. And so for kids to make that kind of money, it's going to be worth it for some players, some college athletes, to stay in college and make the promotional money rather than be a late pick in the pros. So that's good for the colleges, right? Like the NCAA is going to improve because of these rule changes. It's going to happen. And what happens when you see all these college kids and now they're getting advertising deals? So they're paid to post things on Instagram, paid to post things on Twitter. They're paid to be on television, to be in advertisements that you see on Facebook as you're scrolling around. Well, now you know who they are. You see them. You can't ignore them. They're right there. They're in front of you, right? That does something. That matters. That's good for the NCAA. Oh, is it that guy? Yeah, I saw him in a couple of ads. He's uh, He's got some, I don't know, some weird deodorizing Febreze-like kind of thing that he's advertising. Yeah, good for him. I mean, hey, gym bags smell, right? We all know. Well, now this product. Like, it's it, it's what it is. It helps you get familiar with people. And in the same way, taking it another level, what the NCAA has been missing for the last couple of years, and people who are gamers will tell you this, no doubt, they've been missing the video games. They've been missing them. College hoops, college football, people want that. They play it. Getting on the phones and talking to digital imaginary recruits for the class of 2024 and working the phones, going to houses and talking with digital moms of digital players. People are into that. And now you can have actual names of the players in the game. You're not quarterback number 15 at Florida or 11 at Florida, whatever his number was. You're Tim Tebow. You're just Tim Tebow. And you can make money as being Tim Tebow in a football game. You know, like, doesn't that make sense? Isn't that good for everybody if there's a football video game the kids are playing that they're into? Now they know the players. Now they know the schools. They know the conferences. They know the rules. They know everything. That all comes together from playing the video game, from having the name, image, and likeness rules. Again, how is this bad for the NCAA? How is it bad? Because the corruption, oh, Vince, the corruption is going to be out of control. The corruption will be just the same as it always was. It's a different game. It's just a different game. Because think about it, right? What do we have going on right now? Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush demanding his Heisman back because he lost it. They took it away from him. That was corruption. Now, I think he should get his trophy back. But that was corruption. That was breaking the rules. It was also probably commonplace. For high-profile athletes like that, going to a college, the bags of money, the, the bills paid, whatever that goes into it, that's not surprising to anybody that they did it. It's more surprising that he got caught. So when that's how everything's been, if the worst thing is that one team is better at securing deals for their athletes, getting them paid than another school, I don't see the controversy. So I look at what's going on in the NCAA, and they are so lucky that they have been so egregiously wrong. Because if they don't get dragged to the Supreme Court, this doesn't happen. And it's the best thing that they could have. It's the best thing. People are going to know the players. Players are going to want to stay. I love it. 
and it's way past due. So if you want to get in and talk about it, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I mean, death of the NCAA, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Let's go to uh, let's go to Allen in Toronto. Allen, what's going on? Uh, I'd like to talk about Marv Albert. The three of them, uh, Steve Albert, uh, his uh, his son, I can't tell them apart. And uh, his son, uh, Kenny Albert. Yeah. I, I can't tell them apart. They, they're very versatile. Marv is very versatile, too. You know, he, he called uh, hockey games and he called football games. And I still remember him uh, teaming up with Chris Collinsworth and Sam White. Sam just passed away just recently. He, he was great, too. And they were all fantastic. And uh, he overcame his sexual assault case back in 1997. That's already water under the bridge. Nobody talks about it anymore. And was almost killed in a uh, in a limousine uh, crash in 2002. I'm glad he survived that. And uh, I still use his uh, his phrase. Whenever I see something that I like, I get excited. I say yes, and that's what he says. Do you and do the same voice? Do you like yes? Not quite. Uh, <laughs> I avoid my emotions and. Uh, also, whenever there's a major upset, and uh, his favorite saying was, not exactly what we had in mind. You know, I use that all the time, you know, whenever there's, a, there's an upset in any kind of sport. And uh, going to be sorely missed. Uh, he's, uh, he, like I said, he's very versatile. He called the 1994 uh, Stanley Cup uh, uh, triumph and uh, was taken over by Sam Rosen. Sam Rosen is pretty good, too, but uh, I'll miss him. He's... Uh, He's in his early 80s now, and he's uh, he's been around. He's had a very good kick at the can, and uh, you know he's he's one of the best. He's one of them. Him and Howard Cosell were my exact favorite uh, announcers because they tell it they tell it like it is, and they're not uh, they're not scared to voice their opinion either. James Dolan fired him in 2004 because he was uh, you know a little bit too critical with the Knicks. But so what? You know he's he was yeah. allowed to be critical. You know. Well, I think everybody's allowed to be critical of the Knicks for the most part outside of this year. But, yeah, it's – and Alan, well said with Marv Albert, and I appreciate the call. Like, if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. I mean, hanging up after 55 years of all the games that he's called. I mean, the, the guy's just a part of sports history. He's an integral part of sports history. He's been there. He's been for any major highlights. that You're going back in time. Those calls, those moments, what you have in your head. It's Marv Albert. Guy's an icon. So for him, 55 years and now hanging it up, and he, he seems to be happy about it, good for him. And and good to go for as long as he did. So all the best to Marvin retirement. But 855-212-4227, that's how you join the show. You can also find me on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn, and that's one word, It's Vince Quinn. By the way, today on CBS, tee up your Independence Day plans with the PGA Tour as they roll into the Motor City where DeChambeau, Fowler, and Phil Mickelson are just part of the field competing at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Live golf coverage begins at, uh, today at 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific on CBS. By the way, DeChambeau and his caddy had a split this week, which the match is coming up soon. Bryson DeChambeau Aaron Rodgers, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady. Did Tom Brady force Bryson DeChambeau's caddy to split with him in order to win the match? Okay, no, it's just a... (laughs) I just want to throw out conspiracies and walk away. Um, So, anyway, just a a fun little wrinkle for the match, though. So, here's what I want to do when we get back. I, I want to get a little bit more into the Reggie Bush element 
of what's going on with the NCAA and whether or not he should get the Heisman back and what the process would look like. So we'll get to all of that on the other side. And that's all I got. Keep it right here.